Hey friend, I'm Micah McCurry, the host of this radio broadcast, Bible Tracked Echoes, and I'm so very thankful for the fact that you have joined me once again today. Let me ask you, have you ever been in a situation or witnessed an argument between two sides, two parties, two people that were so convinced that they were correct? We've seen it in the political sphere, have we not? We've seen it with little children arguing. Maybe even you and your wife, you and your husband, maybe there's been some disagreements and both sides were just adamantly convinced that they were the right ones. Well, I've got a story from history past to share with you that goes right along those lines, but I'm going to ask the question, which side is God on? That's the question we're going to answer, and I get to unlock the key, or use the key to unlock the combination, if you will, to this thought we've been inching towards all week long. I'm looking forward to it. We're in the book of Exodus chapter 14. Exodus 14, find your place there while you do so. Let me tell you about a gospel tract. I've got one in my hands right now. It's called You Can Know. This is a very popular gospel tract lately, and you can get it before it goes out of stock again at BibleTracksInc.org. We like it when gospel tracts go out of stock. That means we need to print more. That means God's people are using them, and You Can Know is a gospel tract we've had trouble keeping in stock. It's got a man on the front cover, looking away from whoever's taking the picture with his arms stretched out. It's almost like as he looks over a beautiful landscape, he's asking the question, who is God? Who am I? Well, this gospel track right here talks about the fact that you can know and you can get real answers to eternal questions. This gospel tract, as with all of our gospel tracts, is available for free at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. We'd love to send you some. If you're wondering right now, how can I know? How can I get real answers to eternal questions? You can contact me today. I'd love to talk to you. I'll give you a text number where you can reach out to me right now. Let me give you that number. It is, you ready? 309-316-7240. Again, that's 309-316-7240. Zero. Now, we're going to turn to Scripture while you're doing so. Go to the book of Exodus, chapter 14. We'll review where we've come from in just a moment. But did you know that in the year 1096, 1096 AD, that's about a thousand years ago, there was this massive effort that went on for literal centuries called the Crusades. We've probably seen a movie or two that features something from this time period. Many of them are historically inaccurate. But what it boiled down to was a Catholic pope said that Christians needed to go conquer Jerusalem, needed to go and take this land, seize it for Christianity. And of course, the Muslim world was not uh, so keen on that. And so they battled and battled. Massive numbers of casualties. Uh, The industrial war machine back then was turning at full tilt. Night after night, squire after squire left Europe and went to the Middle East. 
Of course, the Muslim folks, they were not going to take this lying down. But get this, interestingly enough, both sides were convinced. Both sides were sure. Both sides were absolutely dogmatic about the fact that God was on their side. You ever been in a situation where you thought you were right and the person you were arguing with thought they were right? Well, these crusaders and of course the people they fought against, they served a god name that they called Allah. They, the Christians, so-called, realized that I, I would not um, proudly claim descent from those quote-unquote Christians that came bearing a sword. God himself, Jesus, will come bearing a sword in his own time, but he came bearing a gospel of grace and truth. And so these crusaders that went and laid waste to wide swaths of the Middle East, no, I would not claim kinship to them. But you realize that both sides at least claimed, though they may not have known it or believed it in their heart of hearts, they claimed that they were doing justice for God and for country. Well, whether that was true or not, and we can make the claim biblically that it was not true, but we find ourselves in the book of Exodus chapter 14 with the Israelites the Egyptians, and this place called the Red Sea. Israelites are pulling out their hair, not sure what to do, but God opens up through an unnatural occurrence, a supernatural occurrence. The Red Sea divides it. They're walking across on dry ground, but I want to point out something that occurred to me that I read years ago as a boy, as a teenager, and until this message, I have not preached this thought, and it brings me great joy to share it with you today. Remember, Egyptians, 600 chariots, the chosen chariots, plus all the rest of the chariots of Egypt. The dusk plumed. You imagine the dust in the distance as they came. The Israelites, absolutely besides themselves with terror, with fear. They go to Moses and say, what have we to do with thee? Why did you bring us out of Egypt to die here? And Moses says, fear ye not stand still and see and then God tells him to proclaim that he by God's power is going to separate the Red Sea and now we arrive after God pronounces judgment on the Egyptians very quickly what did we see we saw the resolution of the enemy on Monday we saw the uh, Israelites reaction to the emergency and the recollection of the economy on Tuesday and Wednesday I believe it was yesterday we talked about the preparation for victory the prediction of a valley the protection and visibility remember you can always go back and listen to previous broadcasts the video version on YouTube and the podcast version just search Bible tract echoes but today notice the direction of the assembly. Look at verse number 21 of chapter 14, a book of Exodus. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And here's the direction of the assembly. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Get this, this is the world's biggest aquarium. Here they are. Can you imagine those little boys on the far left-hand side and the little girls on the far right-hand side as they walked beside that water and maybe when mama wasn't looking, they took their hand and they trailed it through that water and maybe some intrepid boy, some adventurous boy, he stuck his hand in there and grabbed a fish and pulled his dinner out. I can only imagine. And to think that God had done it by his power, 
But look, verse number 23, it's not over. The Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all the all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning watch, the Lord looked under the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians. Now we're going to get to the destruction of the adversary in just a moment, but the thought and the point, to be honest, of this entire week and of today is this, the devotion of the Almighty. Now I believe every word is given to us by the inspiration of Almighty God in this Bible, and I'm excited to show you a few words that mean a lot to me. Look at verse 24 again. I read it, but I don't think you got it. Verse 24, and it came to pass that in the morning watch, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians. Now pause here for just a moment. Put a pin in that, okay? I've heard it sagely said, kind of a pithy turn of phrase, somewhat even sarcastically. Have you ever seen a man in a ball game hit a home run? And what does he do? He puts his fingers up in the air and he points up to God as if God gave him the ability to do it. And he just wants to give God the glory, right? Have you ever seen a man, wide receiver, catch a, a pass from a quarterback, perfectly thrown ball, and all he did was catch it, and he, he stumbles in the end zone. What does he do? He puts his hands up in the air and points up to God, and giving God the glory. They live like hoodlums the rest of, the, of their lives. But in those few moments, they want to give God the glory, right? Well, let's put that aside. I've heard it said that truly, those young men who do so, they really could point anywhere. They could take their finger, and they could just move it anywhere. They could point it in and out and up and down and left and right because, of course, God is everywhere, right? Well, that's true. He is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. God is omnipresent. I'm so thankful he's with me while he can also be with you because he's everywhere. But I can't understand it. It's like trying to explain the Trinity. Somehow God can be everywhere, know all things, be all-powerful, but his presence, his essence, can be more especially concentrated in a particular place. And we see that here in the book of Exodus. Chapter 14, I'll read it for you one more time in case you missed it the first two times. Verse 24. And it came to pass that in the morning watch the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud. Now, we got to re rehash from yesterday. Remember, we have the Red Sea. Then we have the Israelites. Uh, kind of imagine a line graph in front of you, okay? In one hand, you have the, the Red Sea. Then next to it, you have the Israelites. Then you have the pillar of fire and of cloud that was giving them protection and visibility. And on the other side, you have the Egyptians. And so, I'm, when you think about this, if God is looking through the pillar of fire and of cloud to see the Egyptians, think about this. Which side was he on? Well, that means he was on the Israelite side, wasn't he? To answer the question, which side is God on? Well, I think a better question would be, let me answer the question with a question. Which side are you on? Because you and God make a majority. And here's the fun thing. He doesn't even need you. I want to be on whichever side God is on. Which side is God on? I don't know. I want to figure it out and get on that side. Let me encourage you, friend. In the difficult time you're going through, God is on your side. 
in the hard circumstance of life that you're dealing with right now, the financial pressure, the family, uh, the, the, the crushing weight of a mortgage and a car payment, all these things. Can I tell you, even in our mistakes, even in those Moab moments, as we've talked about in previous, God is on your side. Now, I'm not telling you if you're living in blatant sin, disregard for God above, that he's going to bless you. Absolutely not. But I'm saying if you're living the Christian life and you're living the tenets of this book, God is on your side. Let me encourage you with this today. Don't go any further without getting on his side. Figure out where he's at and get on his side. I want to encourage you with this. My prayer, as always, is that you have a great day for his glory. We've got more to come from Bible Tract Echoes in the coming days and weeks. Thank you so much for listening. Share the broadcast with a friend. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois 60420. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.